For 40 years, I've walked the line between worlds and am well-versed in death. But I want to have faith in humans. Give me something to believe in. Earth below me, sky above me, fire within me. Brought to you by UPRN Network. I'm Trish Moe, and this is The Missing Piece. Good evening, everyone. Um, I don't know if you can see me. Okay, Ray, I, I can't see myself. So one moment. <laughs> um, let me change my, there we go. Maybe, no, you still can't see me, but you can hear me. <laughs> there we go. Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm your host, Trish, and this is The Missing Piece. It is Monday, October 17th, um, and it is absolutely freezing in Kansas today for the first time. I think it's I think it's going to be that way everywhere. Um, so that's not, I do, I do love the fall, though. I love, um, I love all the months, actually. I love, but I do, I love the winter months because, um, I don't like the heat that much. So um, I came from the north and redheads can't get overheated. We, we get, we just get mean, I think. So <laughs> um, tonight um, I do want to um, talk about, well, first of all, I want to thank Carnation for sponsoring the show. And um we are, I've, I've been doing this for a year now. Um, I started uh, a little over a year, actually. I started on Chasing Prophecy um, last, at the end of last September. So it has opened up an entirely new world for me and a new network of people and weirdos like myself. So it's been amazing. And, and I want to thank everyone for, for listening and watching and um, being patient with my, you know, technology mishaps. And uh, yeah, that's, that's something <laughs> I'm improving on. So, um, but tonight I, I want to talk about, there have been so many movies and TV series and, and films and everything else made in not only made in Kansas, but set in Kansas, because there is a lot of really weird stuff that goes on here. Um, and I'm sure, I mean, everybody probably in the entire world has heard of um, The Wizard of Oz. So that's obviously a very well-known one, as, as well as Superman and things like that. But there are some lesser-known horror movies and and most of them ironically which is really scary actually are based on true stories and that's um that's really scary because because that means there's a lot of really terrible people that have come through here but we are we are known you know we're we're in the middle of the united states we are literally in the geographical center of the united states so um, 
during the day, uh, even before settlers from from Europe came over and things like that, um, with the native tribes, the the Midwest often was was a point of major battles because this is kind of where a lot of different different tribes and and things would come together and um, and it it was there was a lot of territorial uh, battles here. So there's that along with it being kind of the midpoint to the West when settlers would would start heading this way, you know, like the Oregon Trail, um, Lewis and Clark's expeditions, things like that. Kansas would be kind of a midway point. And most of the time people couldn't make it through the winter past Kansas because um, to our immediate West, we have Colorado. And once you get to Colorado, you have the Rockies. So it is, it was probably nearly impossible to cross the Rockies or anywhere north of that even because Wisconsin, Wyoming, all of those northern states get absolutely horrible winters um, as far as, as the, the snow drifts and things like that it would have been near impossible um, in something like a wagon. So um, that's probably why a lot of things happen here because they had no other choice. They had to they literally pull off the road and stop here, basically, which reminds me of a story uh, of my own journey coming west, I guess. When I when I came here, um, I think it was when I well, when I I'll say when I came back here it wasn't the first time I came here. I came back here from from Buffalo and this was probably. 2000 gosh it was probably 2009 maybe no no would have been 2008 2008 so it would have been the fall of 2008 um so man 14 years ago right i think that's 14 years ago um and I started heading west, and the weather was actually pretty nice um, in Buffalo. You know, it was it was beginning. It was exactly November, the beginning of November, and the weather was nice when I left Buffalo. I headed into a blizzard. I'm talking straight up, couldn't see before I got out of the state blizzard um, to the immediate west um through ohio i i had to they started shutting down the highways and i had to stay at a hotel there and then i got back on the road and i started heading this way again and all of a sudden there were warnings on the radio that there were tornado warnings and um that was that was literally the next day so the road closed again, the road, the highways, everything closed down because there was a tornado coming. And here I am going, I was probably around Illinois at that point. Um, and Illinois is kind of a creepy place to get stuck in. No, no offense to anyone in Illinois. I'm just talking about out in the middle of nowhere, small towns. Actually, some of those places don't even have towns. It's like a gas station and a creepy no-tell motel on the side of the road. Those are the kinds of places that I was getting stuck at when the highway was closing, of course. So here I am going through Illinois after, after you know, there's like blizzard warnings. Uh, there, I even went through some flood warnings um, in the other part of Ohio. Um, and then here I am the next day in the middle of a tornado 
warning and the highway, everything's shutting down again due to the storms, floods, everything. And I have to pull off the highway at, I don't even know if it had a name. I don't recall if the place had a name. I remember that. And this being, you know, this was November, first week of November, but they still had their jack-o'-lantern out, out on the front of the hotel, which um, I, I guess for those of you in, in if you don't celebrate uh, Halloween or Samhain, it's, it, you know, just a pumpkin, obviously, but this was a rotting pumpkin because um, uh, it had been there since Halloween, I assume, but they had a, an empty pool that was like cracked and, and moldy and just had stuff growing in it, you know, and tumbleweeds were rolling by. There was, I, I'm not even making this up. There was an El Camino in the parking lot and, um, a a camper truck like not an rv but but the camper that you put on the back of a truck and so so there i am and i and thank goodness um i had already flown out here with my son and left him like the week prior um and I went back to get my car, my vehicle, my dogs and stuff. And so thank God I had my dogs with me. I had um, a pit rot mix at the time who was the biggest baby, but he was probably like 145 pounds. And then I, I had another, I had a bird dog. And so I go to the front desk of this place and there's no, like, I mean, it's seriously set in like a 19, you know, 72 horror film. Um, because that's, that's how the decor was, which I'm not judging. I'm just saying nothing had been updated in this place. And I ring the bell, you know, the, for service, even the gas station was already closed. It had closed down for the night. And so I ring the bell for service. Nobody comes. I mean, this is a sketchy ass place. Like this was probably one of, out of all the things I've been through ever in my life. This was one of the scariest things I've ever encountered. And, and so finally something starts stirring in the back. You know, I hear somebody coming, some, a man comes up to the desk and he's obviously been drinking a little too much. And, um, so, and that's not the scary part. And so um, he, he was kind of slurring his speech and stuff. And, and I asked for release and, um, I asked him how much the deposit would be for the dogs and or or if there's an extra fee or anything or even if they allowed dogs. I didn't, you know, I had nowhere else to go. And so he said, um, he said the dogs are fine. He's like, no problem. But um, so he goes to reach for a key and there there were only like three hanging on the wall for that matter. He goes to reach for a key. And stops like he hesitates turns around and looks at me and kind of gives this funny you know like like chuckle but i couldn't tell if it was because he was drunk or if there was some other you know sinister (laughs) reasoning behind it and uh and then he's like oh we haven't prepared that one yet and i'm like prepared what do you mean by like you're out in the middle of nowhere how what does that mean to prepare 
a hotel motel room i guess this was the kind that you you walk in you know your door is to the outside so i guess it would be a motel not a hotel so anyways he he reached and then he gets gives me a different key and i go to my room and there were two tvs sitting on top of each other of course that that was probably the least thing, I mean, I expected that, you know, one was working, one wasn't. So they just set the other one on top of it. And then there's weird holes in the wall randomly at different places, which also probably expected, um, like in the bathroom and in the shower and stuff. But that wasn't the problem. There were stains on the car carpet. Again, in Kansas and this area in Midwest and stuff, I mean, this, this was Illinois, but I assume it might be the same. There are a lot of hunters come through here. And I have literally had to stay at ho like motels that have a sign on the wall that says, please do not clean your game in the room. Meaning they would bring their whatever birds or turkeys or whatever they're hunting into the room and clean it there. So whether that's where the blood stains on the carpet came, and this was like, I mean, this was like 70s style green shag carpet. So that wasn't the disturbing part right so again there's nobody else in the parking lot besides the el camino and the weird camper parked at the end of the lot the rest of the buildings look completely empty no lights on nothing anywhere there is not another town for that matter for i don't probably like 30 miles and so here i am I wasn't going to touch the sheets for that matter. I mean, this still had one of those vibrating beds that you like put the coins in and shit. I'm not. No. So, so my dogs are just standing guard at the door, right? Because they already like, they don't even want to, they're very, um, they were pacing. That's how bad. <laughs> that's how bad. It was. And so, um, oh, I forgot when I was at the front desk, I had asked the gentleman there if, um, if the gas station or if there was another gas station or anywhere nearby and um he said no why do you need gas and i'm like no i i have plenty thank you um i was i was just wanting to get a drink and you know something to eat he's like oh i have i have alcohol i'm like no 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 thank you no thank you i just need you know maybe some some potable water perhaps or or something but anyway so so he he said everything was closed and and that's you know back in my room and so there weren't there wasn't a lock on the door i mean there was a lock like like on the doorknob part but it didn't have like a deadbolt it didn't have anything somebody could have just kick the door and bust down for that matter, they probably could have kicked the wall and busted down. And so here I am. And I finally, I'm like, man, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to go out. I had from moving, you know, and I had my vehicle. I, I had blankets and sheets and stuff in my own vehicle because I was moving. So I'm like, okay, maybe if I put my bedding on top of this, but like, like a sleeping bag and then my bedding and stuff, I might be able to get a little bit of sleep because it's, it was a 20, you know, it's like a 26, 27 hour drive um, from Buffalo. Oh, thank you. I don't know who you are because it says Facebook user. You have to, uh, you have to click allow, I think, in StreamYard. I, I don't know. They changed it. Um, but 
anyway, so there I am. And there's a literally like a somebody pounding on the door. Scared the holy hell out of me. I tell you, my dogs went, they, they didn't even bark though. They're like, oh, we're going to die. This is a horror movie. And so I go to the door. <laughs> I go to the door. And this is one of those moments where I'm like, I don't have anywhere to go. So where would I, where would I go? Where would I go? Oh, hey, Jessica, thank you. Um, so I go, I, I open the door, and there's the man from the front desk, and he holds up a six-pack of, of beer, and he said, here, I brought you some drink. I'm like, uh, well, you didn't have to do that. And second, I'm like, where'd you get it? He's like, oh, no, no, no problem. I have a whole um closet he said closet full room full something of stuff that people leave and i'm like all right thanks i shut the door <laughs> I, I, wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna be rude and i wasn't gonna drink it i mean this stuff it was like dusty and it was it had expired like five years ago you know prior so it i'm sure he i'm sure people did leave a, a, they probably left everything they brought behind because this place was scary as hell so the entire night, I swear, there were like, and this wasn't, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid of the unliving, you know, the, the un, <laughs> unalive. Um, but this was like the living, we're doing these things. And when I say like a horror movie, I'm saying like, I would see eyes and not just one pair, like multiple pairs through holes in the wall and 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 again granted this was this was 2008 so we didn't have like the high-tech smartphones we didn't have um i don't think any of that came came out you know for a few years after so i don't even know if i got service there i mean yeah there was a you know the little phone on the desk or whatever but it, it wasn't I wasn't going to rely on that. So they could cut the line. I've seen those movies too, you know, but there were just like, there were eyes literally in my walls. And what's creepy when I say that right now, um, uh Oh, there's, there's a person. Um, when I say that there, like right as I'm saying that, one of the first movies I was going to bring up has it like popped up on my screen on the other side. Um, that that's the cover of the movie, um, our eyes. And so, needless to say, it was the worst night of my life. My dogs they were growling every five seconds. There were knocks on the walls. There were um, I kept hearing like it was like a whimpering sound, and it wasn't an animal. It sounded um maybe like a woman or a little girl scared to death the i didn't I, and i was by my you know i didn't have anyone anyone to call we're in the middle of a storm and i'm in the middle of nowhere in a place that i don't know i don't know my directions there i didn't have gps nothing like um and and there was a clown there was a clown on the sign so I always think about the creepy clown hotels and, uh, <laughs> and what remi reminded me of that was, was I changed, um, you know, my banner. I was, I dressed as a clown last year. So 
that kind of started this whole um that also sparks another story in the future that i'm going to get into about the clown demon um that's another that could be an entire show by itself but tonight again we're going to talk about um movies that have been set or um filmed in kansas and so i'm going to go way back to some of the older ones that people aren't as familiar with again um wizard of oz everybody knows about um but there is there's one called um this was actually a comedy um type horror flick and this was in 1966 it was called the ghost and mr chicken so the ghost and mr chicken um it starred uh don knotts i don't know i i think he was from the andy griffith show um but he was a uh, he was a newspaper he he played a newspaper or like a journalist maybe did something for the newspaper um and it was in in a, in a fictional town called Rachel City Kansas although it was still filmed somewhere here and um he lived at, at like a, a boarding house he was aspiring to be a reporter for the for the paper and nobody took him seriously um everybody mocked him you know um and he he reported on a murder near a supposed haunted mansion called the simmons mansion and it that that proved to be nothing it ended up being like a domestic violence situation where the guy knocked his wife out when he was drunk and so um all the other reporters ridicule him um over his mistake and he he actually um there were there were a lot of there was a murder suicide that happened at the mansion and so he he the legend was that there was this um there was a guy killed by his wife with a bladed instrument <laughs> before he he jumped off the building and killed himself and um from the organ loft so this was back in the day when they had the the big organs at the top of um you know in theaters and stuff on the top level in the loft and so um he reports on this on this uh murder suicide that actually ended up being real and it, it was about an organ that played itself um and so he he ran down like after after this organ started playing music there were scenes of um pruning shears stabbed in a painting of the woman that supposedly made this man you know leap to his death and so with blood gushing from her neck well that became an entire controversial thing in kansas because that was in the original movie poster and i believe there are only a few of those in existence and they're said to be very valuable because um they removed it in later um, publications from that poster so if you have one of those and the ghost and mr chicken it's very valuable so that's the first one that that one's not extremely scary but but a lot of people do like don knotts he was you know a good actor um 
the the reason the movie was interesting because there are a lot of for people that don't know um one of the ladies he has a crush on um from the newspaper her name was alma who ends up being held captive and stuff and there's secret passages there's um there's things like that but but it makes me wonder there's a town called alma which also has a crazy background um and then you can go i mean you can go back to why it's named that you know there's goddesses and and things like that in history but the next movie um was called uh in cold blood now this one I actually did a report on this um, when I was in college, um, when I took a class about the psychology of serial killers. I'm sorry, I had to get a drink. So um, this one was, it was 1967. Um, it was a crime film true crime based on a true story um produced and directed by richard brooks sorry um and it was based on truman capote's uh non-fiction book with the same name in cold blood and that's the book that i was talking about that has the uh the eyes you know he has his eyes on the front of the of the book so um it was shot in on location where where Smith and Hickok's crimes occurred um, at the Clutter home. They robbed and murdered four members of the family. Um, it was, this film was nominated for many, many awards, Academy Awards and such. But um, there were two ex-convicts, Perry Smith and Dick Hickok. Um, they met in rural Kansas and in 1959 um the clutter family which so i forgot about this um that that i did a report on this until i started studying this in the last few weeks oh my goodness excuse me yeah see throat shocker that's crazy. I drive by a place called Clutter Something Associates. So the name is relevant. Um, now, I don't know how far that would have been. Um, but, but anyways, these two ex-convicts, they planned to rob the farm um, of a wealthy... Um, family man you know and and they had been watching him they had been staking out his house things like that where he kept large supplies of cash at his home in a safe now anyone who was familiar with kansas knows that that is not probably well back then especially um in the smaller towns people used to do that all the time um for many reasons there weren't you know there weren't a lot of, of larger banks um, for one, for one, but they also, I don't know, they just, Kansans don't trust a lot of people. So <laughs> there is that. 
Um, and so these criminals break into his house in the middle of the night. Um, they're unable to find the safe. And they use, um, he has a bunch of checks that he uses for, for personal, um, for his farm operations and his personal business and things like that. Um, so they, they didn't want to have any witnesses to their robbery and they killed them, the farm owner, the homeowner, uh, Herbert by slitting his throat and they proceed to murder his wife, Bonnie and their two teenage children, Nancy 16 and Kenyon 14 with a shotgun. Um, their bodies weren't discovered until the next day. Um, and the KBI, which is the Kansas Bureau of Investigation, um, is immediately launched into the the crime, obviously. The, and um, I, I it is said that there was a tip from um, Hickok's former cellmate at the prison that um, I'm assuming they have talk of, you know, what they're going to do when they when they get out, things like that, because. Um, but but that's interesting to me, like, how did they know that Herbert existed while they're in prison? It, is that something that they knew of him before? Is it someone they saw in the media? You know, is it just a, a wealthy person they saw? How did they know that? Um, and how did they research that while they were in prison? Um, and so, oh, hi. Hi, Brian. Oh, speaking of which, and I will post those links as well. Uh, I have, um, I was on Brian, which Brian's been on, on my show um, as well. And, and we talked about that, but I was on his show last weekend and um, through the lens with Brian and Lex and that, what day was, that was, that would have been October 9th, I believe. Um, it was Sunday. So I will post a link to that. Um, a lot of fun. Um, we always, I always go off on tangents talking about crazy stuff. Um, anyway, they actually, um, they fled to Florida at the time. And so, and they eventually crossed into Mexico. Um, I assume closer to, you know, the, uh, maybe Louisiana or like coming over because it wasn't, it was the Las Vegas, um, Oh, they returned to Vegas. I was going to say, how did the, the Nevada Police Department end up with them? So they they spent a few weeks in Mexico. They returned um, to Vegas. They were going to gamble, I assume. Um, they were also using Herbert's checks um, and obviously had, had a stolen car, um, violated their parole, things like that. Um, and so the Las Vegas Police Department... Um, later found them, decided to interrogate them on the clutter murders. And they both admitted 
to the bad checks. They admitted to, I'm not sure if they admitted to the stolen property uh, or the stolen car. However, they denied knowing anything about the murders. So, um, which is interesting. And I'm sure the KBI, you know, the KBI did claim that they had left behind a witness who was willing to testify against them in regards to the murder. So when they were confronted with the evidence as, um, I, I, which I don't think the KBI had very much evidence because they were still going off of the tip from the one of the convicts ex cellmates. So all they had, um, they said they had uh, a bloody footprint matching the boots that were worn by Smith. Um, and, and so things like this eventually led to the breakdown. Um, Hickok broke down and confessed not to um, the murders, but to witnessing the murders. So he blamed Smith for doing everything. Um, and so, so he said he was present when Smith carried out the murders. Um, he begged for immunity from the death penalty. And so, and see, they, the KBI was smart about it though. They interrogated them separately. And so, um, after Smith learned that Hickok had confessed, he said that it, he, he did recount that, that it was in fact himself and not his partner um, who wielded the knife, um, who pulled the tr trigger in all four, four killings, um, but did say that Hickok was there as an active uh, accomplice. So they were both charged with first degree murder. Uh, they were found guilty on all accounts and they were each sentenced to death by hanging. Now, after losing multiple appeals, both men were hung um, for their crimes, and there were only um, law enforcement officials, me well, there were media representatives in attendance as well. But that is interesting. I, I didn't even put two and two together that um, I assume I have been led to places uh, that these people might haunt before, because I see that name come up a lot, and I completely forgot that I do a report on that. Um, so, so that's. But there, there's a book. The book, as I remember, obviously, is better than the movie, as they usually are, because you can you can get more detail in there. Um, but they're both. I I had to watch that um, in college. It's again, it's an older movie, sixty-seven. Um, but still an interesting an interesting story the way the way it works out um, and there there's a house it's it's filmed in it's actually in garden city so um well some of the scenes were filmed in garden city sorry um holcomb kansas was the other location of the original event um including the clutters farm their house was um the new family that owned it pay they were paid fifteen thousand um, dollars in compensation to film the movie um the bus station in the movie was was actually in kansas city um 
And then there were also some of the scenes shot in Kansas City as well. So the Kansas State Penitentiary uh, actually denied um, any filming, which was was interesting. Um, so they they weren't able to film the um, execution chambers and things like that. Um, so those were replicated on, in Hollywood, obviously. Um, but but the the production crew purchased Smith and Hickok's uh, actual latrines from their cells. Now, wouldn't that be a part of history you'd want to own? <laughs> so, seriously, that's, that's ridiculous. All right, moving on. Hello, Raymond. Thank you for joining. Um, the next one, which I've actually studied a lot about because um, this came up last year and actually, which is ironic again, um, it is the, the Carnival of Souls. Well, first of all, first of all, I'm going to go to one that everybody is going to be familiar with. Um, and well, maybe, I don't know, should be familiar with it, is uh, Superman. Although Superman is a fictional character. Um, and, and I don't know that many, if any, parts of it were actually filmed in Kansas, but it was definitely set in Kansas. And, and there's been numerous, uh, you know, obviously they've, they've redone many renditions of Superman since the original. Um, but going off the original, um, his ship landed near a place called Smallville, which is actually, and it's said to be a fictional place. Um, however, if you're familiar with Kansas, you'll start to see a trend in these movies, these various movies that have, um, <laughs> that have weird things happen because that's normal. That, that is absolutely normal in the Midwest. I don't care. It, I, from Michigan all the way down, it, it doesn't matter. There is unexplainable things that happen here. And now, now all of you who aren't from here, you're going to start watching these movies and be like, huh, <laughs> maybe they do exist. Maybe these things do exist. Um, so anyways, uh, Superman, the plot, obviously, um, there's... Uh, it, he was a young boy, I, I think he was two or three, like supposed to be two or three in the movie, um, who ha was from another planet. Um, and they, the Krypton, <laughs> um, Jor-El of the Kryptonian High Council, um, they discover their planet's going to be destroyed uh, when their supergiant sun explodes. And so um, he wants to save his son, who was an infant at the time. And so he sends him into a spaceship to Earth. And they, they say it's because his dense, this is quote, dense molecular structure will give him superhuman strength and other powers. 
which is interesting because how many times on my show, let's get back to that. I didn't know that that was quoted on this Superman thing, right? And how many times have I talked about the import, why I started, I mean, I was always into sports and, and lifting weights and stuff before and before I became a trainer and stuff, but it wasn't until after my, my first major, major, major abduction experience that I had remembered that I started lifting weights a lot because what weighs or muscle is denser, right? Muscle weighs more than fat, obviously. It has more density. So, and I've said that before, I've said it is harder to take someone um, due to the molecular structure and the density of your body. If you have more muscle, it's harder to take you through a wall per se. Is that not correct, right? So, that's the reason years ago, I didn't even understand at the time how or why I was doing it. I just knew it was doing something and that it helped. And so um, it's interesting that they say that in, in this movie um, description, that that's why he has, you know, superpowers or whatever. I don't have superpowers. I'm just saying this is why Superman does. And so... Um, when he was three years old, and I, I assume the difference in age between being an infant to when he was three years old was in space travel, you know, however many light years it took to get here or whatever. And so his his um, ship landed near Smallville, Kansas at three years old. He's found by Jonathan and Martha Kent, and um, he lifted their truck. I remember that in the, in the first one. Um, they decide to raise, adopt him and raise him. Um, they named him Clark after um, it was Martha, his adopted mom's maiden name. Um, and they believe that he was sent to Earth for, for a reason, like a divine reason. So after his, his adopted dad died of a heart attack, um, Clark was 18 years old and he heard a psychic calling. Um, and discovered the the glowing green crystal um, from his spacecraft. That's all that remained of of his you know the ship that he crashed. And so then he's 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 compelled to go to travel to the Arctic. Um, he you know constructs this fortress of solitude, um, and he becomes a reporter at, and there's a theme here, right? It's always the reporters, reporters at newspapers. Anyways, and then he kind of lives this, everybody knows the story of Superman, lives this double life, caped, the caped wonder, they called him back then. Um, and Lois, the the woman at the newspaper who he, he was in love with, um, she ended up writing an article naming him Superman. So she's the one that gave him that name. Um, and, and so this criminal named Lex Luthor in, in the show, he finds out about the uh, U.S. Army post and a nuclear missile, nuclear missile test site. Um, he buys hundreds of acres of empty desert land and reprograms the two missiles to detonate in the San Andreas Fault. With his assistant, Otis accidentally programming the second missile 
coordinates incorrectly. So knowing he knew all along that Superman could stop this plan. So Lex, um, he ended up, he had recently discovered the meteorite uh, from Krypton and, and knew that it was radioactive to Superman. And so um, his little accomplice, Otis and Eve Teshmi, I don't know how to say that name. Tessmacher? Tess, I don't even remember it. Anyways, they, he sent them, he sent his little accomplice to to retrieve this and lure Superman to his underground lair. And so basically that reveals his entire plan um, to cause everything west of the San Andreas Fault to sink into the Pacific Ocean. Um which would make Luther's new West Coast, uh, or Luther's desert land, the new West Coast in the United States. Luther then exposes him to the meteor pieces, mineral kryptonite, which weakens Superman's ability greatly and um, taunts him about the second missile in which will detonate in Hackensack, New Jersey. Why is this relevant? Or why did I just stop there? And, and this must have been, you know, extremely relevant. Because, okay, let's go back to the Georgia Guidestones. This is, see, this is where my channeling gets in the way. This is why I can't watch movies, right? So, and I've been looking at this the last few days. If you read about the Georgia Guidestones, they tell of all of the the places that will be safe um, in the future from natural disasters, from earthquakes, from from falling off in the ocean, from tsunamis, from everything. And so the map of the Georgia, you know, is specifically lists kind of kind of what is going on now in the world. Um, it talks about their the middle of the United States, right down the Missouri border, there's one of the major fault lines there being split. It talks about the majority of the southwestern part of California breaking off and um, going in the ocean. And it talks about um, the bottom, well, the portion of Florida, basically, that just got hit by a hurricane, um, as well as parts of Louisiana, um, a lot of the southern states, part of New York. New Jersey. So this is why this is ironic. And I was just going to, I looked at the list of episodes last night on, because it popped up on my TV in the middle, this was four in the morning. It pops up on my TV. Um, the old F or, uh, the old X files. Now, if you go to the X files and look at the chapter sequence, when they first begin, the just, you don't even have to watch the whole episode. I, I watched a lot of them when I was younger, but just look at the um look at the i'm trying to block some somebody's doing like a spam thing in the chat room anyways look at the uh look at the titles and you'll see how many of those things have come true um and that's those are all from the 90 93 94 era 
Um, so that's actually pretty scary. So this being relevant, I had never up until today, I didn't decide, you know, I'm familiar with all the movies filmed here. I did research on them, the movies themselves, watch them, but I had not, um, read about a lot of the official descriptions. And I believe there's, you know, there's always a reason we put a message out there. So. So Hackensack, New Jersey, supposed to be the other one. Um, now, Luther's, one of his little, you know, minions, one of his little accomplices, mother lives in Hackensack. Um, but either way, he, he doesn't care. He leaves Superman to die. Um, and, and so knowing that Superman always keeps his word, this test, test mocker um, helps him help Superman on one condition that he stops the eastbound missile um, to save his mother. So after being freed, um, Superman, of course, stops that missile. Um, he diverts it back into outer space. Um, but the westbound one, um, he, he couldn't reach in time. So that ends in massive earthquakes, um, damages the Golden Gate Bridge, breaches the Hoover Dam, um, and, and he stops it by sealing the fault line. So while he's busy saving everyone, you know, um, Lewis is, of course, he's got to go save his girl, Lewis, you know. Um, they always have the, the most dramatic, <laughs> uh, I think her car fell in like one of the fault lines or something. Um, but she, she I, I'm not going to give you the ending to that one. Um, but, but there's a lot of talk about manipulating human history. Um, and that, that he's actually there for a reason. Um, and so he figures out a way to use time travel and things like that, but there's, there's mass destruction by, by all these natural disasters as well. The earthquakes, the floods, everything. Um, so he i don't know how many supermans came out after that um but at, most people are familiar with the concept of superman by now there's even the the superman the girl uh, there's like superwoman and and all of those now oh thank you Teresa. i'm sorry i got stuck on superman here um for a minute but that so that's another very well known one that was the first one was in 19 uh 78 i believe um creepy creepy movie i remember <laughs> i don't know why our parents let us watch these back in the um back in the 80s and such but um this one was actually one of it's still to this day a creepy movie and i and i didn't remember that because i didn't live in kansas at that time in the 80s you know so i didn't i didn't remember that this one was filmed here but um it's called the attic 
So if you, any of you have seen these movies and would like and, and know anything about them, please comment. Um, I know that oftentimes when you know that a movie has been filmed in your area, like it makes it more, well, especially if it's been based on a true story, but, but if it's been, if, if just a scary movie you've seen has been filmed where you live, it's even, it makes it even scary. Like it makes it more real, you know? So, um, gosh, this one. So this one was back in, uh, 80, 1980. Um, there were quite a few things that happened in that in that line of events, I guess, that, that should be mentioned. This was 1980 was a pivotal year for many, many reasons, aside from like the new technology and in, in these movies and stuff. But um, in April of that year, Alfred Hitchcock died, which I, you know, Hitchcock. Did I say Hickok? That was the murderer from the <laughs> from the In Cold Blood. Um, anyways, Alfred Hitchcock. He was uh, the master of suspense. Um, he died that year at the age of eighty. Um, but of course, everyone knows The Empire Strikes Back um, was released that year. Just I know, I know, I'm going to get hate comments, hate mail. I've never actually, well, I mean, I probably saw it when I was like six or seven. I've never seen Star Wars. Never seen it. I've never seen, I remember my parents watching Star Trek. Um, but I've never seen that either. I, I, I know, I know, I know. I'm one of those. I'm one of those. Um yeah, I've I've literally never seen that. I think my my son made me watch uh, the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. I know I'm I'm butchering this, and you're all gonna hate me. But no, I've never seen those. Um, there were other weird. Oh, Caddyshack came out that year. That's that's not you know obviously not not a horror film, but but there were a lot of a lot of things happened in. Uh, in Hollywood that year with the, the advancements, I guess I should say, in, uh, in the film world. Back to, gosh, I have so many, I'm like the, um, my ADHD and I see a squirrel, you know, um, back to the attic. All right. So I lost it. Huh. I feel like I'm supposed to talk about the other one first, though. So, that's weird. Because I was, so, there's there was a film called The Gypsy Moths. Um, and I'm wondering why I was just directed to look back at that because obviously that movie was I mean it was totally different than what you think it is it was it was a story it was a drama based on uh skydivers um 
because they had a different lifestyle than the than the small town midwesterners so the the movie's literally about their their how they lived their life and how the people around them lived a different life but they were called the gypsy moths because when they would jump out of the plane they looked like they had wings which is interesting because what have we been talking about lately the mothman where has that always been present it's been present many times aside from the east coast from the uh down through the so from like the outside the chicago area illinois um and south and it's been spotted everywhere in kansas city topeka i you name it all the way oklahoma um but i find it interesting that that i was just um oh now i got the chills this all leads back to there being a dead bat outside my truck uh like two weeks ago yes before all the ufos you know came over kansas and and all hell all all chaos broke broke out in in topeka i'm actually going to be talking about that uh with joe montaldo um next week on next week's show because there there were a line a series of events um preceding that um you know the picture i took a picture of uh some sort of craft in the sky that was disguised as um it was that new new app i use that says i think it says boat which you know i would think a boat is the same thing as a ship but that's what my phone find viewfinder called it but anyways um gypsy moths so that's interesting i don't know why that was called to my attention but it was, so may, that might be one to pay attention to. Um, what was the other, some of these, these, these aren't, these aren't horrors, not, not all of them that they were showing me. The Attic was, The Attic was a very scary movie. Um, it, it was talking about a, uh, librarian in Wichita, Kansas, who is a depressed alcoholic. And um, she she became that way because her her fiance, her previous fiance, um, disappeared the day before their wedding. Um, but it has been 19 years and she um, ended up having to take care of her abusive father. Um, who's now confined to a wheelchair. So after sir, she she suffered many nervous breakdowns, um, and she even started a fire in the library. So this this lady went off her rocker. You know, she resigned from her position. Um, and when she was training the lady that was going to replace her after after the fire, um, she did attempt to take her life and she survived it um and so all of these things lead to her having fantasies about taking revenge against her dad and going so far as murdering him well one night um she goes to this movie theater and she meets a man who was who was a sailor and after the movie um you know they returned to his hotel or something and they ended up spending a lot of time together um she she they go to a pet store and she expresses her 
affection for this chimpanzee of all things in a pet store window. Um, and this sailor who she's only known granted for like two days or something ends up purchasing it for her as a gift. Um, she, <laughs> she brings the chimpanzee home, right? And her dad absolutely doesn't want it there. She names the chimpanzee uh, Dickie. And um, she, <laughs> she, she doesn't want it. She's, she stays in Kansas. Her friend, um, obviously, um, and the man she just met, um, moved to California. Um, she, she, even though she hates her life there. And so when her friend invites her to, to have dinner at, at her mother's house, um, Mrs. Perkins chastises, um, the brothers of, of her friend because they broke one of her figurines, right? And so all of a sudden now, um, her chimpanzee goes missing after some, after this like dinner party and her father claims it ran away. Well, the next morning, um, she buys a plane ticket to fly to Los Angeles, right? For Emily, her friend. And, um, and leaves it for her at the, at the library with a note. And she decides to, to go to the airport also, um, to, to call Louise and, and thank her for that. And so Louise brings her father to the park, a local park. And while rolling him up the hill, the wheelchair tips over and he falls out. Now, this is her abusive father who she despises, you know. And so, so she realizes that he automatically picks himself up. And revealing, obviously, that he's not disabled. Um, and the, the whole time that she's been forced to take care of him, it was just a ploy to, to keep her stuck there in Kansas, you know? And so in her, she just, she lost it in a fit of rage. She pushes him down the hill. He, he ended up dying. He smashed his head on a rock. And when she goes to, to get her stuff from his house, you know, when she's she's trying to find his hidden money and things like that to leave, um, when she's going to run away, she comes across a key to to their attic, the home's attic, which has long been locked and boarded. And um, so using the key, she goes to the attic and accidentally locks herself inside. Then she finds Dickie's body, the chimpanzee, along with, along with, I'm not going to tell you who else was in the attic because you're going to have to watch it. That's a messed up movie. There were some, that, that reminds me of flowers in the attic. That wasn't filmed in Kansas, but that's another one that's highly disturbing about the kids locked in the attic. Um, this is also relevant because I rent my house. I have an attic that's locked that I've never, there's an entire section of my upstairs. I've never seen, never been in. I don't even know what's up there. I know there's weird windows. Um, 
but that's disturbing now. I'm going to have nightmares. Thank you. Thank you all. This is, <laughs> this, is for your, this is for your benefit. Now, now I'm going to have to follow up with, uh, you know, my attic, my attic dreams. Um, so you can find like there people do lists of like dysfunctional family movies. Just, it's highly disturbing. I'm only doing this because this is a, you too, Trace, that you have, you have an attic that's locked that you don't know what's up there. <laughs> it's interesting how many people, so I have a story about that too, actually, which that story might be inter more interesting than my next movie, but, uh, when it actually leads into my next, my next movie, um, when I went to college in KU, uh, that's Lawrence, Kansas, I actually, um, I lived in a townhouse with a roommate and, um, my roommate went home on winter break and, um, there was, you know, I, I stayed there to work and to study and stuff. I was taking classes over the winter semester and I would be in my room on my computer, you know, like I am now basically, but there was, um, I had my, my desk to a wall and there's a door behind me and we had both of our rooms, um, upstairs. And then there was a spare bedroom up there, um, which we didn't have any, you know, we we're poor college students, like we we're freshmen. We didn't have any furniture in that spare room. We didn't have anything. We never even went in there for that matter because we didn't have anything to put in there. There was just no reason for it. And so we kept the door closed, but I had this little dog um, who he was a little Maltese and he acted, I don't know. He acted so weird around, like he would go up to the door and like sniff underneath of it and just run away. Um, and then things started happening at, at my townhome because I got off work really late. I worked until like 11 at night um, it, because it was my, you know, it was my after after school job. And so I would get home from work and, and he, my little dog wanted to prefer to stay in his kennel. Um, when I was gone, you know, he was, he weighed like three pounds. So I assume he felt safer, but I'd get home, nobody there. And the thermostat would be set to like 90 degrees, you know? So me having been around spirits and stuff my entire life, I automatically thought that maybe it was a ghost or something that was changing the thermostat because things like that kept happening. And then there would be like doors slamming and stuff. Well, I would hear when I would be at my computer studying, I would hear, you know, if it's dead silent, you can hear like, even though I had carpet, you can sense someone walking like on the carpet behind you. That just creeped me out because right before that, I saw like, anyways, and, um, so you can hear somebody walk, you know, if it's really silent, you can sense a presence and stuff it's, it's with any spirits, but this was like a human, like a, a person, like a human presence, a lot living presence, I should say. And so, um, fi finally after Christmas break, oh, no, so so I ended up I ended up going to uh, this was back when we wrote checks for things you know back in those days, and I I was at some store and I wrote a check and the man there says oh 
that's where that's where I used to live. I don't know if you meant like the same place or the same, you know, as apartments or, or townhomes or whatever. So um, he said the old manager used to drill holes in the walls and, um, you know, keep on on female tenants. And I'm like, and he's like, see you around. I was like, no, here I am. First year of college. Like there's some creepy dude that has my address and all my information on a check um, and just said, see you around. So creepy. Um, but anyways, after my roommate came back, you know, when, when Christmas break was over, it was like a Saturday morning or something. We're both asleep, obviously. Um, I hear somebody run down the stairs and out the front door. And I'm like, holy hell. And so I go get my roommate. The, the guest bedroom door is open. You know, we both come out of our rooms and um we had gone we well he had gone up to the attic before when we first moved in there was nothing up there um and and so after this happened there were like candles and footprints and i don't know blankets all, all kinds of stuff that up there so somebody had been living in my attic Somebody had been living in my attic this entire time, like all that time that I thought somebody was was in the house. Somebody had been living in my attic. And now that I say this, I'm thinking about the attic I have now. Holy shit. <laughs> how creepy is that? Anyways, but that goes to show like how often do we not know what what's around us? What's and it goes the same, it's the same with um spirits and we talk about that all the time like you don't know who lived in in the house before you bought it or you rented it or whatever you don't know the history i mean some of you look up the history of it but most people most investigations i've gone to most um you know spiritual things <laughs> i've looked into they don't even bother looking into the history of the house past like the inspections and when it was built and all of those things, they don't care who lived there. They don't care what's happened there, but that's the first thing I do because I want to know what's going to haunt me. You know, I want to know what, I, what I'm getting myself into because a lot of those times we're drawn to places. Um, you'll hear numerous people on these networks talk about how they're stuck in a place or in a house or, or a location or whatever. They feel like they can't leave because they were drawn there. And then once they got there, they were stuck. That happens a lot. There are houses that will call you to it. Like that's that's a thing, you know, and then people get stuck at that part because they feel and, and their lives just go downhill. And um after discussing this with I was talking to my niece about it, you know, about the person living in my attic, because the same thing happened at two other houses I lived in. Um, and I even talk about this one, you know, having the weird door and it's happened everywhere I've lived. And she's like, you know what, that, that happened to me too. There was somebody, I, I could have sworn there was like a secret door and somebody was living in our attic. And, and then Trey said, you know, you said me too. And I, I assume that was in reference to the attic thing that, that you had, a uh, attic that you hadn't been in or, or know anything about. So comment 
if that's also happened to you, because that's an interesting thing. That means that either, because all of that is like, seriously, it's, uh, you'll read stories like, it's like CIA style stuff. You know, they'll do that to, to <laughs> for a lot of reasons to people, um, for like surveillance reasons. And so that's creepy um, if that's happening. Because aside from aside from spirits living there, th this is like real people, you know. Um, and, it, and it's definitely, I don't think, and I've never got that feeling that it was like a squatter, you know. And, and for those of you, that's like a slang term for um, just someone who's homeless or, or, or a bum or something that... Um, just needs a place to stay. I've never, I've never gotten that. Like most of the time they wouldn't risk, they, they don't want to deal with having to work around someone actually all still living in a place, you know, they, they're more likely to go to abandoned buildings and such. But this is houses that, that are lived in. I'm talking about. And, uh, I don't know how many times I, I could tell you that that has happened in my own life. One time in New York, though, um, the people that lived next door in the townhome, but we shared like a, their side was supposed to be locked. It was like a, a double door that went to the attic. Well, the attic was my room. And um, craziest experience, like some really nice people lived there before them and right after they moved these these people never i never saw them come out during the daylight which isn't weird you know some people whatever sleep during the day because they have night jobs or something but they all were the same it was like a cult it was like living next to a cult um they just wore these dark hooded like robe looking things all the time they would be standing at you know we shared a back porch um and i had a a giant like window you know glass window on my back door and they would just be standing there looking at me through it like <laughs> first thing in the morning and stuff this happened all the time like I can't tell you how many times this happened that house was so haunted my friends stopped coming there you know things would be thrown across the room my kids were terrified terrified I'm I mean like this was when they were young 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 and um there were other things <laughs> like, like my son's gerbil was outside of his cage literally every day. There, it had a metal escape proof. Like there was no way, no way, no way. And it would always end up right where I was, whether it be like, this was a huge house too. I mean, I could be really, really far away, like three stories down. And all of a sudden the gerbil would be at my feet. Um, so it was like taunting us, like messing with us. And then, um, that's the house that had nine stabbings throughout history, by the way. So that was a very, uh, <laughs> I can't even, um, the things that happened there are, are unreal. I don't, I don't know how I lived there for almost a year. Um, but I ended up moving right across the street just to get it, just to get away from it. Um, and which comes 
back to the damn clown, I tell you. And clowns are, are, you know, a lot of people are scared of clowns because, um, well, clowns are scary. You know, they they have a smiley face all the time. I don't trust anybody who smiles all the time. Um, but when I moved across the street, I was I was all excited. I was on the phone with my mom. You know, I'm like telling her about my new house. And this was this was a big house too. New York houses are enormous, you know, like the old style, um, because they're meant for like multi-families. And so I was telling her about my new house, literally on the phone with her. And I go down to the basement for the first time because it's scary and big and I didn't want to be, you know, I'm still this was like, I don't know, this was I was probably like 35. And so I go to the basement. And I said, well, after all I've been through, at least now, all that I'm afraid of is clowns. I swear to you, what happened then, out of the ceiling, out of the ceiling, like, I mean, I know in people's basements back then, like, they put, they stuff, weird stuff, you know, just as storage, like, in the slats and the ceiling and stuff. Like, I get that. No, out of the ceiling. This retro, like, vintage clown, I don't know, poster picture thing falls out of the ceiling. Not even kidding. Falls right at my feet as I'm on the phone with my mom. And I'm like, are clowns? Like, I hadn't even gotten it out of my mouth yet. Um, which is interesting that that I actually, that I dressed as a clown last year because um, that's when... Um, a lot of these things start coming back about this, this entity. Um, and that house, actually, that, that one, it, it wasn't near like the other one it wasn't near as haunted, but that was the first thing that, that was seriously creepy. Um, I had never at that point, I had never had anything like that happen. Like as far as, as soon as I would say it, it would happen. And things like that happen to me now all the time. Um. But back then it was weird, you know, and and it was a few years later that would have been four years ago now. Um, my daughter was sleeping with me because she was afraid of the dark. She was probably, I don't know, she was probably like four or five at the time. I I had a dream about a clown being at my front door knocking, saying bang, bang. And... Uh, like in a weird bozo looking, you know, and that's all he said when you bust through the front door. Well, I was asleep, mind you, having this dream. It wasn't like one of my waking visions. This was actually a dream in my sleep. My daughter's waking me up at the same time. She's, you know, pushing my, she's like, mommy, mommy. And she says, something, there's some, someone's at the front door. They just said, bang, bang. I'm, I'm going to go see who it is. Like it was calling to her. This was like three or four in the morning to come to the front door. And I was like, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. It, like it would be one thing if her and I had the same dream because that happens a lot because you transfer the energy. We didn't just have the same dream. She was awake and heard it and thought it was real. And so then I was like, okay, this is dangerous. Like that, that's really dangerous. Um, so there's something physical 
something physical energy or a person who has manifested and and created that and is trying to lure my daughter you, you know it was scary scary because all of a sudden throughout the years all these things the clown hotel the um the picture dropping on the ceiling and now someone being in a front door um there it was all too so last year it was when i went to uh oh my gosh there's there's this ai they've got new ai hacker things for chat rooms um yeah so it was last year um i dressed as a clown and when i was at the sally house um i wonder if i can pull up a picture this is terrifying oh my gosh um let me show you all it is i'm not even gonna say the name i'm just gonna i mean i can maybe i don't know picture freaks me out now though um it's a clown demon But it makes a lot of sense. Like these things can. Um... Okay, that's scary. That's that's terrifying. Okay, so this is called the Book of As Asmodeus, right? Wow. Okay. So also, let me let me tell you, let me this is crazy, y'all. This is crazy. You're gonna look at this and you're gonna be like, okay, that's like every episode of Trisha's show. And I've never I've never shared this. So um let me share my screen on this so you all can see. Oh my God, I've had, so I've had this theory for a while now. Let me bring this up. Uh, share. Share screen. Present. I've never looked, I've never clicked on this website ever um uh oh okay i want to share chrome i thought it i lost everyone there for a second okay so here it is. Here is the Book of Asmodeus site, right? It's an interactive site and game, actually. This is terrifying, and I'll tell you why. So all I've ever seen, I've never seen this part. I've seen the picture. This picture, I don't know if you can see my mouse, this picture right up in the corner, it looks like a creepy clown demon. So 
this basically says survive and write your own story interactive physical augmented reality horror book and game it's a handmade book with 126 pages and polymer clay cover write your own adventure with your own portrait summon demons from the pages and defeat them but be careful the game is very difficult and 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 uh oh it's double and the demons come to life in your room good luck my old friend I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, oh my God. <laughs> so the archetypes, there's the classics are the jock, the final girl, the fool, the nerd, the cheerleader. The choice will determine the type of puzzles that are presented to you. And so here's like a wolf, uh, what is that? with like a joke jester thing above it. Um, that looks like a deer, like a, a stag, a buck with wings and a halo above it. Um, you have like, I think that's an owl with a handprint and glasses maybe. And then you've got this octopus thing and it says, who are you? Um, and there's like some werewolf looking thing. So, and this has been, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this because it says it's been on Forbes and MTV and um, GameStar, Medium, all these things. I feel like I'm the last person to figure out to see this, like ever. But here's the crazy thing. And it says it's from Hungary. Right? Like, I, I mean, I assume the country. And so, let me get back to. So, what's crazy about that, that I've been wanting to talk to a few different authors about, and as well as paranormal investigators, when we discuss. When we bring up historical crimes, when we bring up historical events, locations, wars, when we reenact these things, when we talk about them, when we give energy to them, are we bringing them back to life? And second of all, all of these things throughout history, every cryptid, every creature that anyone who has ever imagined, is the energy and the thought process of them doing so. The very act of putting an idea, a thought into the universe. That means it already has momentum. It is already written in the book of this world and in, in your existence. If you have thought it, it's already in action and out there. There's nothing that can ever dissipate that energy. So are we, by writing these fictional stories of monsters and, and this is why I say it's, it's dangerous to, I mean, escapism is great, you know, to, to get lost in a fantasy world. That's, that's what gamers do, right? I personally, I, I don't play games, nothing against it. I just, I never got into that um, because I had a hard enough time throughout life determining, you know, my reality was, was crazy anyways. So um, it probably would have made it more difficult, difficult 
to determine what was real and what wasn't um, by playing different reality games. But are these games and are are these are this literature and these? I, because remember, I did the book, the most dangerous books, a few weeks ago. Also, are those things actually creating? all of these monsters and all of these things in our world. But, you know, if that's so, and if you create your own world every day by writing your, whatever script you're living in, you know, whatever, whatever story you're, you have, see, that never made sense to me because there's so many things that I've seen that I've never in my wildest dreams would have, you know, thought about or witnessed or what or maybe I did maybe maybe it's something that was from my dreams that I didn't even realize my mind had conjured up quite literally you know um so that's interesting to consider but the fact that there's an actual website that does this is based on everything I have said about that is absolutely ter terrifying terrifying like the fact that you can create demons um with the intent of bringing them to life in an interactive game although maybe i mean would that help you defeat them i don't know but is it actually happening in real life like in people's reality you know in, the, in this matrix um that's crazy um especially since the other one that i wanted to talk about and Lawrence was called The Carnival of Souls, which wasn't a very well-known movie, um, but it, I mean, it's a cult classic, and it was filmed in Lawrence, and it's it's really, really eerie, actually. Um, and, and clowns go with carnivals, right? Go with the circus, carnival. Um, so right when all of that happened um, last year, when I was I was seeing that, there was a giant car. I think it was called Carnival that came through town here, and it was it was a giant circus. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't. I, <laughs> I cannot. And then I learned of the movie being you know like 30 miles away from me, and and that's even scarier. So there's definitely something going on with with all of these, but. Let me know in the comments. I should do a poll about that and see how many people have either written something um, that has come to life. You know, here we are in like the never ending story type thing. Or wh what other movie? Deadpool did that, I think, didn't they? Um, has either written something or drawn a picture that you later later saw in real life. And tell me what theory you have. Do you think that, since timing is fluid, that's something you had already witnessed, so you knew what to draw or write about? Or do you think that whatever you wrote about or draw came to life? So ponder on that. Um, it's already 10 o'clock, y'all. Um, I just rambled on for, for almost two hours. <laughs> Actually, it's like an hour and a half. but. Again, next week, Joe Montaldo and I will be discussing um, a lot of these series, actually. And um, so I will have him on um, 
and I'm I'm going. <laughs> I don't know. I I have mixed feelings about this whole website. So let me know if you uh, if you test it. I I'm really worried. If you do, don't put me in your book. If you do, in that case. Um, <laughs> Oh my God! Now everybody's gonna be like, I was watching the or listening to the Trish, the missing piece. No, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I will rewrite it. Um, but but let me know if if you've ever uh, tried it because I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not dissing their website. Um, it's just, that's just scary as hell to me. Um, so let me know if you've tried it. Let me know uh, your experiences. Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for all of your support. Um, please go like and subscribe to my group page. That's where you'll get all my my uh, my updates on the missing piece with Trishmo um, Facebook group. Um, but also, I still I I'm determined. Like every which I get, everybody um, subscribes to the UPRN page, and that's that's fine too. But I'm going to start doing more. Um, updating i guess i should say to my youtube page as well so i only have like 16 subscribers now because i really haven't ever done anything with it um and then i also um am starting shows on um tiktok as well as uh youtube for Tayamo trishmo which is t-e-a-m-o Trishmo. So that's the the with love one. Anyways, have a great evening, everyone. Um, be safe out there. I I hope you know these storms that are coming don't cause too much too much chaos and and destruction. Um, but I think we can all weather them now. You know, we we've been through a few years of 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 chaos and um, crazy stuff. So. I look forward to to next week's show um, and good night, everyone. Thank you for watching.